Good morning. Is it still morning? Yeah, I guess it is. It's morning somewhere, huh? Uh, let's let's pray and then uh, we'll we'll get into God's word. Father, we just come to you, thanking you for this day, this day that you have made. And God, I pray all of us are rejoicing and we're being glad in it, and we're grateful uh, just for the gift of life. We're grateful for all that you have given us and uh, blessed us with. And and Father, I just pray today that you would have your way, that you would speak the things that you want to speak to every single one of us, that you would communicate all the things that you want to communicate to us. And so, Father, we, um, we're in expectation to hear from you today. And God, please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, for you are my strength, you are my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. All right, give your neighbor a high five. Tell him it's about to go down. <laughs> It is about to go down. Well, thank you so much uh, for having myself here. Uh, you guys are, are family, and y'all probably seen me before. Um, your beautiful pastors, Pastor Peter and Stacy, have been a gift to our family and a gift to us, and so we're grateful uh, for them, and I'm sure all of you are too. Uh, you guys are phenomenal pastors, and, and one thing about them is that they love people. Uh, some pastors just love to preach. Uh, but they love people, and that is a blessing. So uh, please, can we just honor them just for a second and just uh, love on them and give them some love? And man, they look good, don't they? Coming back from vacation and things, all refreshed and tanned up and looking good. And oh man, it's good to be here with you. And thanks for having us as a church family here. We're, we're so excited to be here with you. And uh, my family is here, my beautiful queen. Um, she's sitting there looking beautiful and gorgeous. If you don't know who she is, I'm going to put her on blast with a beautiful pink hat on. And uh, next to her is my beautiful daughter. Matter of fact, and then our youngest one is at a sleepover. And so uh, this uh, Wednesday, August 31st, correct? Wednesday, August 31st? Okay, make sure. All right. Hey, fellas, if you're married in here, just always do a confirmation real quick to make sure you're on point. So Wednesday, August 31st, uh, it will be our 19-year anniversary. So we'll be celebrating 19 years. Yeah, yeah, marriage and... Uh, uh, man, there is a God, man, because she's keeping me around, and uh, and so uh, here, here's to like 19, 19 more and some change or whatever God will bless us with. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into to the Word today. Uh, matter of fact, speaking of family, you guys are family to us, and we're grateful. And uh, I'm from the South. My queen's from the South. And whenever we talk about family, we have this word. We say kinfolk. Anybody know what that word means, right? We'd be like, hey, that's kinfolk right there. That means we're family, right? That's my people. Right? We say those types of terms, and that's, that's kin. And so uh, we're going to stay in this topic of talking about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. But I want to give a subtopic today, and the subtopic along with that is called next of kin. How many of you have heard that phrase before, next of kin? And whenever you hear that, what are they saying? They're saying, who is your next, your closest family member? Who is the person closest to you that is family next of kin? And so we're going to talk about it for a little bit. But let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse uh, 22 through 23. Galatians chapter 5, verse uh, 22 through 23. Let's go there real quick. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The law is not against such things. Again, but the fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. So today is a special day. Why is today a special day? I get to talk about the word kindness, or more so the fruit of kindness. I get to talk about this awesome word of kindness. And today, really, actually, in, in actuality, you actually get a two-for-one. 
How many of you like that, right? How many shoppers we got in here? All the ladies, raise your hand. Don't play me. Right? <laughs> like She's like, hey, I'll shop. I'll shop. Right? You love seeing that sign, a two-for-one deal. Or you love to see that buy one, get one. So today you get a two-for-one, right? That's what I'm talking about. And some of the guys are like, hey, be careful, right? But hey, you get a two-for-one or you get a buy one, get one. As a matter of fact, that is the very first topic. You can write this down. Buy one, get one. And let's talk about it for a minute. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 real quick. Because we're dealing with this word kind. But in order to deal with the word kindness, we got to deal with a whole nother word. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 7, it opens up and it says, If I speak of human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So it doesn't matter how awesome you sound. If you do not have love, you're just a bunch of noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all of my possessions and I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, pay attention to this next verse. Love is patient. Love is. Oh, two for one. You buy into one, you get the other. Love is what? Love is kind. Let's say love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, it is not boastful, it is not arrogant, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not irritable, it does not keep record of wrong. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, hopes all things, it endures all things. And some passages say that love never fails. So we just realized that, man, love is kind. And if we're going to deal with love, then we also got to deal with kind, being kind and kindness. And if we deal with kindness, then we got to deal with love. But if we got to break down the word kind, there's a root word in the word kind. Can anybody guess what it is? Kin, which means treat like family. That's what the word kin means. So remember I talked about earlier, who's the next of kin. So whenever you're operating in kindness, you're treating others like family. Nah, I was kidding. Nah, I was, I was just, you know, I got caught up for a minute. I was just, that wasn't your cue, but if you want to clap, you can clap. So whenever we operate in love, I'm operating in kindness. Whenever I'm operating in kindness, I'm operating in love. It's a, it's a two-for-one deal. It's a package deal. And how many ever shopped on OfferUp before, right? And you're willing and dealing on OfferUp or, or what's the Craigslist or whatever. You're willing. You see something. He says, yeah, I, I want that, but I don't want to buy that. And sometimes they'll deny you. They'll say, no, I'm sorry. I can't sell it separate. It comes as a package deal. So when you're operating in kindness, you should also be operating out of love. But when you're operating out of love, you should also be operating out of kindness. Are y'all the two for one. So when you buy into kindness, you're buying into love. When you buy into love, you're buying into kindness. You get both. Both are supposed to come together. We don't get to split it up. Are y'all hearing this today? So two for one, two for one. How many of you know that we've been commanded to love? We've been commanded. Well, we got one. <laughs> we've been commanded to love. Which means we're commanded to operate in kindness. If we're commanded to love, we're operating in kindness. And, and let me help you out for the extra spiritual that's, that's here today. Some of you might be like, well, I got, I got to go pray about that. Uh, when's the last time you realized or thought about that you had to pray about a command? Let's just think about children in here. <laughs> Can you imagine telling your child, it's time for you to go to bed. Father, mother, I need to go pray about that. You're like, yo, that's a command. That's nothing to uh, pray about. It means to go do to not be just hearers of his word but doers of his word 
Let's go to the next point since y'all love that one. That's great, right? Childlike, not childish. God calls us to be childlike, not childish. Well, let's look at this next passage here in Galatians. Back to Galatians, or actually back to 1 Corinthians. Let's go there first, chapter 13. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. It goes on to say, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. When I was a child, I spoke like one. I thought like one. I reasoned like one. But it says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Here's something very interesting about that passage. Childish things don't go away automatically. It says, when I became a man, I had to put away childish things. I like to watch little kids. And, oh, man, that probably came out so horrible. Observe little kids. And as they play, I'm watching them. And I'm wondering, if they don't deal with this and put this away, what are they going to take into their adulthood with them? So I look at little John, and he doesn't like to share. He doesn't like to share his toys with other little kids. And if Johnny doesn't deal with that as a kid, the childish behavior, uh, little Johnny one day is going to be a supervisor and doesn't want to share a promotion to the person that deserves it. Little Sally has angry outbursts, and if she doesn't deal with that as, a, as, as now while she's a child, she's going to carry a childish way into her adulthood, and she's going to have this thing called road rage maybe in Oh, it's quiet. <laughs> Everybody okay? Because it says, when I became a man, I put away the childish things. The childish things in our lives don't go away automatically. We have to put them away. And you got little, if you got little ones, you've seen it before, they go out and they play with all their toys and everything. But what do we teach them to do? We teach them to put their toys away, put the childish things away, put them away. Why? Because if they leave them out, come on, let's talk about it for a moment. You're walking to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you got this minefield of toys that you step on. And man, it changes your life. That Lego that you step on and it pinches right in there. Come on, can I talk about it? I got any witnesses? is in here, the IEDs, they hit you, and you trip over something, you trip over a toy and fall, but watch this, because their childish things did not get put away, and yet it can cause others pain, it can cause others to trip over if we don't put away our childish things, I'm telling you, I'm standing, trust me, it all, it all connects. He called us to be childlike, not childish. What childish things are we still operating in? There was moments early on in our marriage that I was still childish in ways. I hadn't put away my childish behaviors. I haven't put away my childish responses. When I became a man, I put them away. Galatians chapter 5, let's go back there real quick. Galatians chapter 5, because when it first opened up, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. And the word but is a conjunction word. And what that does is it's introducing another phrase that's coming in of something that is contrast to something that was previously said. So anytime you hear the word but, it's going to introduce a phrase or introduce a thought that contrasts, that is in, in stark comparison to something that was said previously. Well, what was said previously? It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly, you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, 
The flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. There are these two are opposed to each other so that you don't want so that you won't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. It's saying here that, listen, your flesh and the spirit will never team up. Your flesh and the spirit will never get become besties and BFFs and hang out together just as joy and kindness are, are together. They're they're best friends. They're, they're joined together. Listen, your flesh and your spirit will never team up. Either you're going to operate in your flesh or you're going to operate in the spirit. And we've been seeing the gifts of the spirit of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We've been looking at that. So when you think about it for a moment, you have a choice to make. Do I operate in my flesh do I operate in the spirit? We do have a choice. So let's continue on. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Remember, it says it was a contrast to something. So now the works of the flesh are obvious. Somebody say obvious. The works of the flesh are obvious. It says sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity. I can't even talk. Promiscuity. There we go. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, Envy, drunkenness, carousing, anything similar. And I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let me help you out real quick before the enemy starts messing with you. All have fallen. We've all we all have fallen. I'm gonna share a story. I just fell about two weeks ago. We all have fallen uh, short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and fallen short. But it says anyone who practiced these things. So here's the deal. Let me help you out for the enemy hits you up. Like oh look at that. There you. There you. Yep. You did that. You did that. It's a wrap for you. No 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 no. It says anyone who practices these things. And have you have you ever heard? The term uh, practice makes perfect. Well, actually, that's kind of inaccurate. Practice makes permanent. So, so it says don't practice these things. We don't want this to be a permanent thing in your life. So those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, how many football fans we got in here? Okay. How many Seahawks fans we got in here? All right. I'm going to go out on the limb real quick because I'm, I'm very observant. I saw something in the crowd. And y'all pray for me because I'm working this out. Because I'm showing kindness today by still preaching even after I saw this. Are there any Texas Longhorn fans in the house? <laughs> I spotted a Texas Longhorn hoodie, and I'm from Oklahoma. And so it gets real. And so I was like, I was over here not in the spirit at all. I was all in my flesh. I was like, is that a Longhorn fan? No, I'm just kidding. But let me help you out, because when you're thinking about, we fall, right? And we, we said those are that practice these things. So I, hope, I don't know who needs to hear this. This is extra. In the game of football, sometimes you plan the game, and there's a penalty. You get called offsides, right? Offsides, um, pass interference, a penalty happens, holding, whatever. And the referee calls that penalty on you. They throw a flag. The purpose of the referee, they're not the enemy. They're actually there to make sure that the game is played in a good, organized fashion and it's safe for everyone. So they're not the enemy. But if they see something that is in violation, they'll call it. They'll throw a flag. So what happens is sometimes in life, God, as the referee, wants everything to go well. And he'll throw a flag on me every now and then. But here's the power about grace when we say is that those that practice these things. So there's an offsides penalty. But yet, here's the thing. We don't serve a vindictive God where he kicks you off the team, he throws you out the game, he gets rid of you. Yeah, you might have to go back five yards, but you get to stay in the game. You get to stay on the team. He throws the flag, and he calls me on it, 
He says, Courtney, you're not kicked out. You're not, unless I'm practicing, I'm trying to intentionally harm someone. I'm trying to intentionally get a pass interference. So there's moments where, yeah, something happens and he throws, and I love him. He, uh, and, and it, it, you know, you get the flag thrown on you, everybody does the way, well, you, right? You know, you pass interference, bro. Come on, it was clear as day, right? But that's the power one of God's grace. So as we saw all those list of things, I, just, I don't know who needed to hear that, but let me just want to make sure that you got that. So let's go to Matthew 18, 2 through 5. Because we're called to be childlike, not childish. What does childlike look like? So here's Jesus says, and he's, he's talking to everybody there. He says, he called a small child and had him stand among them. Truly, I tell you, he said, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself, like this child, this is the this is this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. So I put on the spirit. We put on the spirit of humility. We're now going to the place of being childlike. But when we have angry outbursts. When we have selfish ambition in us, when we don't want to give to others, we don't want to bless others, we don't want to be kind, we don't want to do those things, then we are teetering the line or becoming childish. And so here it is, we see when we humble ourselves to go to the place of like a child. Have you ever seen a child that doesn't know, but they, but they, but they give and they, and they hand something to somebody and they're like, here you go. It's a beautiful moment because we're called to be childlike, not childish. Are y'all, are y'all hearing this? Well, let's get to this next point. Love your enemy. To be kind is to love your enemy. Because remember, again, love is patient. Love is. And if I'm operating in kindness, I'm operating in. And I'm operating in love, I'm operating in. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. All right, this one right here might get me kicked out of here. Yep, probably kicked out of here. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Matthew 5, verse 43 through 48. Here's Jesus said, you have heard it said. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same. Verse 48 is so key. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. So my daughter, uh, my oldest is uh, 15, soon to turn 16. And um, y'all pray for us because she's in driver's ed. And uh, (laughs) she lives the short life. And so a little challenge for her to see over the stereo wheel sometimes and things. But I don't know where she gets her height from because her dad and mom are so tall, um, but she blames us for her height. Um, but what's interesting is we have these conversations. We sit in the car and we talk and we drive. And I remember one time I looked over to her 
And I said, man, I'm sorry. She's like, for what? Because I think about things. I'm a thinker. I'm weird sometimes. I think process. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry for the example that we give you as adults. It's very interesting, I said, because it's not children that are having road raid incidents on the road, fighting with each other. It's not children robbing others. It's not children um, doing the things that we do. It's, it's us adults, but then yet we turn to the children and say, you need, to, you need to step it up. I'm sorry for the example that we as adults at times show you. And it's interesting because when we look at this passage here, here's Jesus talking. And he says, you have heard it said. In the Hebrew version it says, I'll I'll catch that in a minute. But Hebrew version says, bump what you heard. Here's the real. Here's the 100. I'm going to keep it 1,000 with you. Love your enemies. It gets me every time I think about this passage because when I saw it, I've never seen it before. I hear it all the time, but I've never seen it before until probably the last year. Holy means to be set apart. It doesn't mean better than. It means to be set apart, to be different. And here Jesus says, he says, here's what's been said, but I'll tell you this, to love your enemies. And that statement is so profound, and it wasn't just a good idea what he was saying. And the reason why it holds a lot of weight, and it wasn't just a good idea quote, and we're doing this, number, yeah, yeah, love your enemies. Because what does that look like to love your enemy? Well, as Jesus is saying this quote here, as he is standing here saying this quote, he is living with the enemy, us. And he had been doing it for 30 plus years. So when he says, love your enemy, be kind to your enemy, it wasn't just a good idea. He is saying, this is what I've been doing by example. I've been teaching. I've been healing. I've been preaching. I've been living with the enemy. I've been blessing you even when you don't even deserve it. I had a young girl in our neighborhood, and uh, she's, man, she is, she, she's been here before. I think she's five. And we take these walks around the neighborhood, me and my daughter, and we came by her and they had snow cones and everything. So I was like, yo, where's my snow cone at? It was one of those hot, you know, 90 degree days that we had here. I was like, where's my snow cone at? And she looked at me, looked me dead in the eye. She said, you don't deserve. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and she looked at my daughter, you don't either. You don't deserve. I was like, okay, what do I do to make the list like to... But there's a lot that you and I don't deserve, but God in his loving kindness, in his loving mercy, he comes and he came and he lived with the enemy for 30 plus years. He came and blessed, he came and gave. Because in Romans it says that you and I were enemies of God, but yet here he is living with the enemy, showing us his loving kindness through his mercy and through his grace. And then he goes on to verse 48, and he says a statement that, is wrecked, my, that wrecked my world, and it's, it's going to wreck yours today, and this is where I get kicked out of here. He says a statement, he says, be perfect. 
You ever read a Bible scripture that you just want to go keep keep it moving? Right? I, okay, yeah. I tried when I read that. Be perfect as your heavenly Father in heaven is perfect. Now, here's what's interesting about this. The world's definition of perfect is that you got a 10 out of 10. No flaws, no issues, no errors. It is perfect. That's the world's definition. But here it is, Jesus, and it's in red. Whenever you read anything in red, kind of like you get that bill or that letter in the mail, and if it's red, you might want to open it. It's red, and it says, be perfect as your heavenly Father in heaven is perfect. And I kept trying to move on, but I couldn't move on. I said, what, what is he saying here? Be perfect as your heavenly Father in heaven is perfect. You know what the word perfection means when you break it down and go into the Greek and Hebrew? Maturity. To be spiritually mature. To be perfect in God's definition is how do I respond? He didn't tell us to be, we're not flawless. We can't make that happen. But he says, how do you respond? Because again, just like when you get called for all sides, you get called for the past interference, that God calls you out on something or more so calls you into something. That's what he's doing. He's calling you into something. He says, hey, come here real quick. You got, a, you got an infraction here. You got something that we got to deal with here. And maturity is based on how I respond to something. So when he says, love your enemy, we all get a moment uh, that people can be mean to us. People can be rude. But yet, do we have, do we, do we really show them loving kindness? Do we really respond mature? So he says, be perfect. He's asking us to be spiritually mature, respond differently than what everyone else will respond. It's easy to love those who love. I mean, mafia members greet each other. Gang members greet each other. But what is different about us? Remember, being holy means to be set apart. It means to be different. So if every single one of us go out and we begin to live in this perfection, spiritual maturity, that how we respond, that even though you don't deserve, even though I shouldn't give you this, I'm going to show you kindness. I'm going to show you love. And in essence, when I'm doing that, I'm Operating the way my father would, I am a child of God. Are y'all hearing this? Because right here in Scripture it says, "But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of the Father in heaven." This identifies me with being a child of God. So, story time. I was pulling out my neighborhood, and uh, I pulled out, turning left. And the gentleman was coming down this way, and apparently um, he was excited to see me turning. And he gave me, you know, a nice little finger to symbolize his excitement for seeing me turn out. <laughs> and my daughter's in the car with me. And I turn out and I see the finger. And I honked. I was like, Ehh. and I went to a place. I was like, my daughter's sitting here. I had an outburst of anger. I was in my flesh. I didn't operate by the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, the works of the flesh are obvious. And I looked over at my daughter, I said, I'm sorry. I just had an outburst of anger. I just operated in my flesh. That was not correct to me to honk at the gentleman that just gave us a happy sign that he was happy to see us. 
what's powerful about that moment is that I didn't show him kindness. I didn't show him love because I was operating in my flesh and not in the spirit. And here it is giving my daughter an example of an angry outburst, but also to be able to come forward. And when God convicts us and he tosses the flag, he blows the whistle. Remember, spiritual maturity is not necessarily about what I've done. It's how I respond. And to be able to be in a posture to respond and tell her, I'm sorry, I gave you a wrong example. That's not the example that, that I want to set. I didn't love my enemy that day. I didn't show my enemy kindness. And so today is a big challenge when you say kindness because everybody got happy, excited a little bit. We talk about kindness, but more so it's a challenge for us to step up to the plate. It's a challenge for us to, to go beyond what we would normally do, only love those who love us, greet those who greet us. It's to show kindness, and it's not just be kindness. It's easy to walk out of here to say and every, every week you get like a, um, a call to action, and yeah, go be kind. And it's easy, hey, I'm going to be kind to you because you're kind to me. It's easy to do that. But how I many you know this week we're going to get the opportunity to show someone kindness that not necessarily deserves it, that not necessarily needs it, but that is operating how our God operates. That's operating how our Savior operates because you and I never deserve to be, yet he came down and showed his love. He showed his mercy. He showed his kindness. Matter of fact, in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 4 through 9, it says this, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in our trespasses, you were saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens uh, in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness in Christ Jesus. For you and I are saved by grace through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast about it. And so God is challenging every single one of us as you're hearing this today. What is the call to action? The call to action is to go out to love your enemy. The call to action is to, to be childlike, not childish. The call to action is to do the things that we talked about today and to process those things and, and beyond pray for them. Y'all ever seen that bracelet, what would Jesus do? I never really agreed with that bracelet because we can see what Jesus did. Let's take it to the next place and let's do what Jesus did. And I'm sorry if I'm intense and I'm yelling. I just simply speak in a tone of voice so that way everyone can hear me. As they teach us in the army, we don't yell. We simply speak at a tone of voice so everyone can hear me. But the call to action is to say I'm going to be a doer of God's word. And let me help you out. Some of you right now, again, you're going to be on your way driving down the road. And you're going to get an opportunity to, act to, to, to do kindness, meaning you're going to let somebody merge in front of you. Y'all pray for me in traffic, man. Because I'll be looking at people and like, you don't have any tent. I know you see me. And they be like this. Like, I ain't even, because they feel like if I look at you and make eye contact, then I'm going to be compelled in my heart to let you in. I can't do that. Because <laughs> where I got to be, which is the same red light a little bit later. <laughs> Low key, I kind of get happy about that. We end up at the same red light. I'd be like, <laughs> y'all pray for me, man. But to operate in kindness is to operate in love. To operate in love is to operate in kindness. They go together hand in hand. And you have a choice. I can operate in my flesh, choose my flesh, 
where I can choose to walk in the Spirit because when it says when you walk in the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today that you spoke to every single one of us and that you're asking us to operate in your loving kindness. God, thank you for your mercy and grace that you've shown to every single one of us. And God, I pray that today we're making that decision to draw the line in the sand. That today I'm just not going to be a hearer of God's word, but I'm going to be a doer, a doer of God's word. And I'm not only going to continue to extend kindness to those that deserve it or who I think deserve it or who show kindness to me, but I'm going to operate in kindness and show those kindness and love to others who in, maybe in my opinion don't deserve it or in my opinion uh, shouldn't be receiving this kindness. But in essence, when I do that, I am truly exemplifying being a child of you. We love it as parents when our child have our mannerisms, our children have our ways about them, our children sound like us, and they and people tell them, man, your, your kid looks just like you, he sounds just like you. God, I pray that we imitate you so much, as it said in Scripture, to imitate, uh, be, be imitators of you like dear children, that, God, that people will recognize you through us, that they, as they have met us, and when they finally get to meet you, it all makes sense. They say, man, your son is just like you, your daughter is just like you. They extended kindness just like you, they extended mercy just like you, they extended love just like you. May we be just like you, our Father uh, that is in heaven, that has shown us your mercy and your kindness, God. And so, God, I thank you for everyone that's going to go out and they're going to love an enemy. They're going to draw that line in, in the sand today and make those key decisions, God, and they're going to reevaluate. And God, I pray that we don't operate by the flesh, but we operate by the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, patience, kindness, that we exemplify those things, that it becomes not what we do, but it becomes who we are. And so, Father, in everything we do, may we always give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everyone say amen.